Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Derek Ryan. Derek, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Derek is the vice president at David Ryan Insurance. He's a healthcare innovator, a best-selling author, and the 2018 Rising Star Advisor of the Year by Employee Benefits or Employee Advisors Magazine. I'm excited to have you on. Derek, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, I got into the healthcare space about uh, about eight years ago. Um, I actually wasn't even looking for it. Um, essentially, I was I was going to do international business. I love learning languages. I love traveling, and um, and I thought that that might be a good fit. However, my father had an insurance firm, and I, I thought maybe I need to do my due diligence a little bit and, and investigate that uh, first. Um, right about then was the inception of Obamacare, and um, and I heard agents panicking, saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to sell my book of business. I'm getting out. I'm not doing this. And I thought to myself, maybe we can turn what's being perceived as a negative um, into a positive and find a way to fix our health care supply chain problem. Um, because the benefit spend for employers was increasing dramatically and continues to increase dramatically at an exponential rate. Um, so since then, that kind of um, set the tone for my career, and it's, it's put it on, a, on an upward spiral trajectory, which I've been very thankful for. Um, in my personal life, um, I, I like to read. I like to go out to eat, try restaurants. Um, I'm a big sports fan, particularly basketball. Uh, my faith is extremely important to me, and I uh, participate in church regularly. Um, that's that's a, a little a uh, little bit about me on the personal side and um, and professionally we're doing some really really innovative things and uh, have some initiatives for 2019 we're excited to talk more about. Nice. Well, I think it's cool that you got into the business right when a lot of people were were sort of looking for the exits or or or, or considering looking for the exits because they didn't necessarily know what was really going to happen. And I know that. Social Security and Medicare are our two largest expenditures as a country, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of talk uh, with some of the, the politicians about expanding it to make universal health care coverage available. So mm-hmm. just wanted to get your take on, I know that um, on your website it talks about how you're working to solve major health care costs and the transparency dilemma. So just wanted to get your take on that and, 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 and the things you're working on. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, first of all, yeah, as you said, um, uh, to stay politically neutral here, of course, um, yes, they're, they're, the Medicare for all is a huge topic of conversation. I would have to say that there are some pluses and some minuses to it, but I would say that um, based on my research overall, I would say that there may be more negatives that outweigh the, the, the positives, simply because of the financial component to it and what it would take um, in order to implement it, it's, they're, they're saying that it would, it would take about, I want to say, $3 trillion a year to implement this, this new system, which is <laughs> what the, about what the country brings in. Right. Um, so, so, so that's a difficult financial component. And not to mention, um, I know quite a few people overseas that will fly over. They're flying over here to get their care because they're in, on waiting lists. That are that are taking months for things, so they can't get the health care they need. The positives are, I, I know, is that there's there are folks right now that that health care is just unaffordable for them anymore, and having this system to fall back on would would really help them. So there's also a compassion element to it, 
But overall, there are a lot of government funding programs to help them with that. But my big goal is is to is to provide solutions to to uh, solve this dilemma, and and really help both parties, both those that are are um, that are advocating for uh, a uh, single payer system, and maybe they they don't have access to affordable health care right now, um, and also those that um, obviously are um, continuing to try to look for solutions in the private sector to to solve this dilemma. I think one of the major things that we've gotten away from in our country is, and business owners have gotten away from, is is looking at healthcare as their second largest business unit and managing it the way they would any of their other expenses. For example, if an employer, and this is a uh, example that a lot of advisors in my in my mastermind group use, if an employer is going to uh, purchase computers for their entire organization, are they going to give employees a corporate credit card and say, "Go get whatever computer they want"? The answer is Probably no. Not. They're going to say they're, they're they're going to make a decision and say, "Hey, we're getting Dell's universally, and that's just the way it is. That those are the computers we're getting." Well. They're giving employees access to an unlimited visa card in the form of an insurance card (laughs) where employees have no direction. They go to whatever hospital they want to. They do whatever their physician says, and and there's no provider transparency. So with those variables at at, at stake, um, there's no accountability. There's no checks and balance systems. Um, in in our country right now for that, and that's that's um, that's really a huge problem because employers just aren't treating it like other expenses. They're not giving their employees um, any direction on that. Um, so that's one of the reasons our healthcare costs have gotten away from us. Now, how do we reel that back in? Then is is the question, and the answer is pretty simple. And the number one thing employers have to look at for their group is how am I going to reduce the frequency and severity of my claims. And how they're going to do that is not going to be by purchasing an insurance solution. An insurance solution is a necessary evil to protect employers and employees alike from catastrophic risk um, in the event that there's a large claim, and those are going to happen. So I'm not saying insurance is the problem. The problem is that consumers and employers alike have not taken steps to negotiate on the price of health care itself. So instead of bashing the insurance companies and saying, I want you to lower my premiums, why aren't employers taking measures to contract directly with providers? Why aren't they looking for the most inexpensive ways to source their drugs instead of relying on a pharmaceutical benefits manufacturer uh, or a PBM to to source the medications for them and have three parties involved where they have to each make a margin on it in order to make a profit? There are so many ways that employers could pick apart the healthcare supply chain and renegotiate the price of healthcare itself with a little bit of insurance protection sprinkled on top, where they could reduce their healthcare costs by 50% or more. So that, that's kind of an overview of, of the problem and some of the things that we're doing uh, for employers to help them solve that, that uh, cost and transparency dilemma. Got it. <clears throat> I think that that makes all the sense in the world. And that's a great way to to frame the conversation about how a business should look at um, managing their healthcare costs, and it made me think about just the idea of looking at certainly the difference between healthcare and health insurance because I think that mm-hmm. people just kind of lump them together. So I'd love to love to just dig into a couple of those ways that you think that an organization can go about just do this and you'll save a ton of money. And here, here's a couple of different things. 
Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's some really simple ways that employers can, can save a lot of money, and there's a lot of different vendors out there that can, that can help them with this. I'll stay vendor agnostic for the sake of this conversation. Um, but really, they, they, they need to look at the less than 20% of members that are driving 80% of claims. Traditionally, insurance companies and people in the insurance industry will tell you that there's nothing you can do about the catastrophic claims. 20% of your members are going to drive 80% of claims, and those are going to be huge hospital bills, and there's nothing you can do about that. So all you can do is focus on the other 80% of people and keep them as healthy as possible so that your, your benefit spend doesn't continue to rise at an unsustainable rate. Well, we're turning that conversation over and saying, what if we renegotiate the price of health care for the 20% of members driving 80% of claims and thus reduce the benefit spend by 50%? So some, some practical ways to do that would be take a look at your pharmacy plan. Take a look at the 2% of medications that are likely driving 60% of your costs and start searching for solutions where you can outsource those 2% of drugs in sometimes 70 to 80% discounts through things like manufacturer assistance programs, uh, benevolent funds, grant funds. A lot of employees qualify for those, and a number of other ways, uh, coupon cards. Um, there are a lot of ways you can reduce the cost of those medications. And we even have employers, this might sound crazy, we have employers that are actually sourcing medications from Tier 1 countries, which means they have the same pharmaceutical standards or higher than the United States, only English-speaking countries, only about four of them, um, for 50 to 60% discounts on, on high-cost name-branded specialty medications. Now, those countries actually have socialized medicine contracts where the government negotiates directly with the manufacturers. We can access those exact same medications and legally source them over here on an individual employee contract basis. And this has been done for over a decade, and nobody knows about it. And which is which is mind-boggling to me, but those are about four different practical ways where you can take the two to five percent of your medications that are driving the majority of your costs. It's the Humeras, the Embrils, the Remicades of the world that are costing four, five, ten thousand dollars a month in prescription drug spend for common conditions like arthritis, psoriasis. Some of the diabetes medications are extremely expensive. It's a lot of common conditions where these medications are, are out of control, uh, the price on them. And the employees don't even know about it because the employees are paying their copay and then the other four or $5,000 balance on the drug is billed through the insurance plan. Well, what happens then is that amount that's billed through the insurance plan is applied to the employer loss, loss ratio and translates into higher premiums for the whole group at renewal time. So that's an issue in and of itself. So that's number one, I would say. There's some really easy ways for, for uh, groups to drive down their pharmacy spend by just taking a look at those small percent of medications. Because 30% of medications, 30% of your total cost as an employer right now on average, it's actually about 27% uh, from a Milliman study, are via prescriptions. So if you can eliminate your prescription drug spend in half just by doing that, that's 15% right off the top. Now, another thing you can do is you can take a look at your data, if you're able to get some data from your, from your health care provider, and you're able to put into place pre-negotiated surgery solutions as a bolt-on to your medical plan. And essentially what these are, there's already pre, um, pre-formulated uh, networks 
that have a whole list of surgeries, whether it be orthopedics or whatever the case may be, where the average knee replacement surgery in the U.S., we'll say, use that for example, is $50,000, but there's world-class surgery centers that are doing that for twelve to $15,000, and because there's no, there's no uh, transparency through your current insurance plan or with your local providers. Employees are just going to the, the nearest provider to go have a knee replacement surgery, and it's being billed as $50,000 through the insurance plan when they could have traveled just one hour away and saved the health care plan thirty-eight to $35,000 $35 on that one surgery. So that's, that's another practical solu- bolt-on solution. There are a number of vendors out there that, that, that handle that. Um, and there are a lot of other ways to, to reduce the frequency and severity of claims, such as medical management. You can actually hire a few wor- – there's world-class medical management organizations out there where all they do is they get involved when there's an, a claim for an employee. They help the employee navigate the healthcare arena. They talk things over. They make sure they source the medication inexpensively. They make sure that the employee may be using the pre-negotiated surgery solution. They make sure that the 35% of surgeries that are unnecessary don't take place because that's, that's what the number is. 35% of surgeries are unnecessary, wow. which, is a mind, which is a mind-blowing statistic because there's, there's big incentive in the healthcare arena to promote surgeries so that the hospitals get revenue. So, um, so there's a lot of physicians that are that are owned by hospital systems, and they're incentivized to to make sure that employees have surgeries that shouldn't even take place. Not all of them. I'm not bashing the healthcare system. Sure. I'm just saying that's that's the statistic. But um, but yeah, if you hire a medical management vendor to help uh, alleviate that wasteful overspend, make sure that the hospital is not having keeping an employee inpatient in there for 10 days when the recovery process only needs to be three days just so they can get some extra revenue. There are things like that that a medical management vendor is, is really the front runner to, to preventing the unnecessary and wasteful overspend uh, on a health care plan, um, which, which kind of is, is – with medical management, is kind of like a concierge service. Those are, those are a hot topic right now. Should I employ a, a concierge service to direct our employees? Well, yeah, those, those, those are great, and you might get some savings, but you can actually accomplish the same thing and much more by having the, the proper medical management. So those are three simple and practical areas that an employer today could bolt on to their existing health care plan and, and really save a lot of money on the prescription end, the pre-negotiated surgery solutions, and the medical management um, without having to do something as crazy as um, changing to a full-blown reference-based pricing plan or, or something of that nature, which is another hot topic. Got it. Well, those are powerful, and those are those are uh, very, very. I, I'm at a, a loss for the term, but th- those those are big numbers. So, ability to save thirty percent on healthcare, or that thirty percent of healthcare expenses are on prescription drugs, and if you can cut that in half, and that thirty-five percent of surgeries are necessary, those are incredible. Um, is there an organization that's that's too small to be having these kinds of conversations or or too big for that matter? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So the types of solutions that I'm talking about, um, that initially talking about, are uh, primarily, I would say, for mid-sized and larger employers. However, we have not forgotten about the small employers that are the backbone of our country. So we have actually created 
a new healthcare solution. I, I wish I could say actually that we, we created the whole thing ourselves, but we did not. <laughs> we actually just pieced together using some uh, phenomenal vendor partners a solution that makes a lot of sense and is an alternative traditional healthcare plan. And, um, and it's called the, the Creative Health Alliance. And um, we were actually just awarded, uh, I was actually awarded the Innovation Award at the, uh, the 2018 uh, Ascend Conference that took place in, in Nashville, Tennessee for this particular health Congratulations. Solution. Thank you. It was a, it's a combination of a medical cost-sharing platform. Um, is you, may, you may or may not be familiar with um, organizations like MediShare out there where the Christian ministry organizations have been doing this for years as an alternative to traditional insurance where um, employees can enroll in their health care uh, plan, which is a part of a community. It's not an official insurance product, but by enrolling, if the employees don't have major pre-existing conditions, a lot of times um, they're charged a rate that is substantially less than a traditional insurance plan by 70% discount um, a lot of times. And for folks that can't afford traditional insurance but are striving to live a, a healthier lifestyle and don't have major pre-existing conditions, it's a ph phenomenal alternative to insurance and extremely cost-effective. I know many people on that type of platform. Well, the Creative Health Alliance is like that. It's actually not a faith-based solution. It's, you don't have to take a pledge of faith like you do in some of those solutions. It's actually one of the first employer-based medical cost-sharing programs where um, employers that don't have 50% of their population that have major pre-existing conditions, um, they, can, they can enroll in this platform as an alternative to traditional health insurance. And uh, by doing that, uh, we're, we're saving employers 50 to 70% on, on their premiums. Wow. The employees are getting um, deductibles. Actually, they don't like the term deductibles. They call it initial uninsurable amount of between 500 and 1500 by doing that as opposed to the average deductible in the U.S., which is between 2500 and 5000 So it's, it's been tremendous. Um, we've had a lot of success. We've, we've, uh, we've also... Um, Integrated a MEC plan, which uh, which ensures compliance with the Affordable Care Act, uh, the employer mandate on that. Um, so that's a means to kind of to make it a full circle uh, health plan, just similar to a traditional health plan. Love it. Well, that's a lot of good stuff. Um, so I'm going to give you an opportunity to throw other people under the bus here. Why isn't everybody <laughs> else doing this? Uh, <laughs> you just yeah you, yeah are, I, you just I, working I, harder. <laughs> that's, that's funny. It's actually, I'll, t I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the answer, and it's not bashing anybody because I myself would be in the same position as them. The honest truth, the honest answer to this is the fact that I'm going on 30 <laughs> in the app, and my career is just starting, and I'm looking and hunting for innovation and, and solutions to solve our healthcare dilemma, whereas the average agency principal, or even agent for that matter, is in their mid to upper 50s. So it's been a lifestyle business, our industry is. Uh, people who are successful can make a lot of money in our business. And at that point in their lives, they're, they're thinking about retirement. They're not thinking about what's my next innovative uh, strategy going to be. Got it. So I, I would say that I, there's, there's no reason for me to bash them. I'm not calling them old farts either. <laughs> I'm just saying they're, <laughs> at a, they're, they're at a point in life that because this is a lifestyle business for a lot of folks, they're, they're just not out there hunting down these strategies. So I have to give credit because there's a lot of other younger healthcare advisors that are, that are striving to do exactly what I'm doing. 
and they're doing it for the same reasons because they're trying to build their career and contribute to society and bring meaning and value to their to their careers in this industry. There aren't many of them, <laughs> but uh, I'm usually the youngest guy in the room when it's uh, when it's uh, healthcare related. Um, but with that being said, I would say that's one of the primary reasons. I wish I could give myself all the credit, but. Um, I think that's a driving factor. Well, I appreciate that very much. Well, Derek, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, sure, absolutely. I, I would I would highly encourage um, employees um, and just, just healthcare consumers to take a step back and look at the actual price of healthcare and do a little more research before just having a surgery done, before going to their doctor, before using that insurance card, just to do a little bit more research on, on the price of healthcare, educate themselves a little more, find out what the price of your medication is. Because if we can make as a nation folks smarter consumers of healthcare where they're more conscientious of the price of things, then I think it'll make smarter consumers of healthcare where as a whole we can naturally drive down the cost in this country. So well, I, I think that's a practical tip. No, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on, come on. I think that we are for sure, we're for sure all in this together. So the more that we can educate an individual to be empowered, to ask questions about that and, and, and not necessarily to push back, but just exactly what you said, just get educated. So I appreciate that. Well, Derek, man, thank you so much for coming out. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And where can people learn more about you? Oh, I, I, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood you. Um, People can learn more about me on, on our website, which is uh, davidrineinsurance.com, um, either through our Creative Health Alliance program or, or my webpage. And they can also learn more through our best-selling book uh, that we co-authored, Breaking Through the Status Quo. It was an Amazon bestseller in 2018 and has a lot of insight into uh, progressive healthcare strategies. So I would, I would highly recommend uh, giving that a read. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Derek your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to davidryaninsurance.com. Pick up a copy of the book, Breaking Through the Status Quo. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Derek. Yep. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!